everyone. I just got very close to the microphone. My name is Jordan Reed. And I'm Lindsay Reed. And this is Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. You really flew in this week. Vroom. Nope. Zip. <laughs> Each week we talk about things like cryptozoology. Rick Moranis. <laughs> Urban legends. Uh, Brick Moranis. <laughs> True crime. Chick Moranis. And Chick Moranis. And everyone's favorite Moranis sibling, the oldest of three, Chick Moranis. <laughs> we talk about anything paranormal related. Yeah, we don't really, we don't talk about Chick Moranis. I feel like we've brought up Rick Moranis maybe did. once. Uh, and Okay, so there's a second time. Love Rick Moranis. Love a good Rick Aww. Moranis. Every single week since the beginning of time, Lindsay and I will go somewhere separately of one another. Lindsay will go to uh, Rick Moranis' house and I go to Brick Moranis's apartment and then which we, is upstairs it's upstairs at rick moranis yeah house. it's above the garage a lot of people don't think that but he, he's resting on a lot of the honey blue honey i blew up the kids money but after we're done doing that we come back into our home and then we talk about what we research for the very first time with each other and with each and every one of you and this week we're i'm dedicating my portion of the episode to rick uh, moranis no you'd think so mm. uh i'm gonna dedicate this episode to anyone with the name that sounds like rick moranis so like rick morganis or like rick balanis okay who what about you um i'm gonna dedicate my portion of the show to keanu reeves that's a good call i've loved him since bill and ted and so you... pretty much my whole life because that movie came out in 86 Okay, so yeah. then My whole life. Your entire life. If he does something crappy, I'm going to be so mad at him. Yeah, Ugh, yeah, I will stay also genuine, be mad. Stay genuine. Now, you have some news. You've been keeping me up to date on the new Bill and Ted that's coming out. Yeah, they're making a sequel. No, a tree trequel. Yeah. A triquel. And they have the original dad, Ted's dad, and his hot wife <laughs> in the movie. Don't they also have like Ted or which one's Bill? Not Keanu Reeves. No, I forget his name. But they have his younger brother, too, coming back or something? Well, no. Ted's younger brother, Duncan, is coming back, and that's going to be Beck Bennett, which I'm really excited yeah. for because he will be a good, older, younger brother. I agree. Now, someone that I want to remain pure and don't mess anything up is Beck Bennett. I've, okay. I've thought Beck Bennett was funny since he did those weird AT&T commercials where he would like interview kids. Beck Bennett, please don't mess it up. Don't Be mess it up. Because I think I think you're very funny. Well, last week we took caller questions, which was super fun and might be spookily showing up at the end of the episode. I don't know. Maybe you have to stay tuned the whole time. Maybe also means for sure. But, but we maybe. answered <laughs> but we answered your spooky questions. The hotline is still open. The number is 803 816 booze and we love getting your voicemails um and we'll use them as much as possible we actually have quite a bit so yeah if we don't get to yours right away maybe we will in the future or maybe just keep calling them in and we'll get there eventually yeah uh a lot of people say to us all the time you know you two never have it a good idea and and <laughs> you know what 
Maybe I just read those letters that we get. Oh. But that voicemail, I think, was a very good idea because a lot of people have been calling and it's been so much fun. Whenever we get a new one, we'll listen to them on our couch when we're hanging out together, which is usually all the time. But yeah, if you called in once, cool. Call in again. Call in as many times as you like. The Ask number... us your spooky questions. Yeah. We'll give you a unprofessional spooky answer. Uh-huh. Anything you want. 803-816-BOOZE, B-O-O-S, or 2667. Or if you don't want to leave a voicemail and you want to email us, you can find us at SpookySpousesCast at gmail.com. Uh-huh. You absolutely can. Cool. If you want. I guess it's cool. I was about to say last week we talked about whatever, but we took the questions. Yeah. We so, talked about Calvin and his spooky house in New Jersey. We did. About how our friend Turner and our other friend Maria, his partner, might like to eat people. Mm-hmm. Well, she might. Yeah. He just needs to find his like inner meaning of life. I don't know. You're right. Two total opposite ends of the spectrum. We also heard from someone named Cradge, which... I guess it's a common name. Trying to get tickets on the rat boat, but like it's hard getting tickets. Yeah, we've tried. Yeah, it's yeah. difficult. I think it would be easier to get David Bowie tickets now <laughs> than tickets to the rat boat. That was very funny. Well, thanks. I tried yeah. to be funny. You're welcome. Cool. Uh, we also got an update from our friend Brandon about the small wing dark claw saga that's going on. And how it disappeared. Yeah. What so, is that even? I haven't talked to Brandon since, but it, I think it it's, it's safe to assume that we can expect some updates because I don't think, well, I do think he has been cursed and I don't think we've seen the end of the curse. No. Uh, if anyone knows Brandon, just send him like a, I don't know, send him a love note or something. Cause <laughs> send him some flowers or might, like something. Yeah, he might not have much time left. Aww. Poor well, guy. I believe you are first this week. I am first this week, Lindsay Marie, and I have some breaking booze for everybody. Okay. Now, they are, well, I'm not going to tell you what the second one is because, well, whatever. But I'm going to tell you the first one. It's a Bigfoot sighting, but it was right. from a cop. Oh, so this makes it more legit than I think it might. anybody else. I think it might. Okay. Uh, but maybe not. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, like, see, if a nun told me they yeah. saw a Bigfoot, <laughs> yeah. maybe my belief in Bigfoot would go up like 7%. Yeah, you think so? So it would just be a total of 7%, I believe, in Bigfoot. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Um, well, what other what other professions would have to tell you about a Bigfoot sighting that you would go, oh, okay, I would believe this person or group of people or if you have a specific job more than other people. So a nun would be 7%. Ghost. If a ghost told you about yeah, Bigfoot? Yeah, because I'd be like, I wasn't 100% about you and there you are. There you are. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> and you're telling me about Bigfoot? Yeah. I believe you. Okay. Uh, well, let me ask you this, and then we're going to get back to this question. Okay. Where are you on ghosts? If you're 7% on Bigfoot, where are you on ghosts? Oh, ghosts are way higher in my book. Okay. Where? Uh, I would say I believe in ghosts 75%. Really? Yeah. I am a 95% ghost Well, believer. the only reason I'm low is because I'm always a skeptic. Yes. I always want to find the reason of why things are happening. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I've had personal experiences that have 
bumped my percentage up pretty high. Same here. The only reason why I have 5% of not believing in ghosts is because I fully welcome disproving them uh, or debunking what I saw. But I don't know if I talked about it on our show. I might have a while ago, but I'm pretty sure I saw one walk behind a group of my friends in the reflection of a glass door. Yeah, you talked about it on one of our early episodes. Oh, did I? Yep. Okay. Well, see, I'm pretty sure I know what I saw, but I also could be super wrong. Okay. Okay, so you're 75% on ghosts. What other professions or what other groups of people would tell you they saw Bigfoot and you would believe them? Uh, Stanley Kubrick, but he's gone now. Sure, yeah. That's <laughs> so, right. So, I don't know. Um, what about you? Firefighters. So if your brother Brad told you <laughs> yeah. that honestly, a Bigfoot existed, you would be like, yep. Not all firefighters, but if my brother Brad told me he saw a Bigfoot, I would believe him. Yeah. Or would, Janet, yeah. our sister-in-law. Yeah. I would believe her. Now, our, our nephew Vigo, who's three, I would not believe him. No, I wouldn't either because he told me one time that he had an egg and a ghost came out. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to ruin his imagination, but I don't think now I don't think that really happened, Vigo. Hey, Vigo, I think you're a liar and I don't think that happened. (laughs) Now, I know you're three and a half, but a ghost did not come out of your egg. Well, (gasps) a ghost of a would have been chicken could have. Maybe he had a chicken ghost. Well, where is your Bigfoot sighting? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I just got very excited about talking about percentages (laughs) and data. Uh, I just love analyzing our data. So this sighting was recently uh, reported, but it happened Labor Day or around Labor Day in 2007. Okay. In Sonoma County. So the one, the one beautiful country in Sonoma. Maybe it was ghost wine. Well, this, because it was a cop, he could have been sipping on some Cab Sauv or some Pinot (laughs) Grigio. Some and paranormal Pinot Grigio. Some paranormal... Uh, I was going to think of another P one, but some paranormal Pinot Noir. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he could have been a little bit drunk. The Bigfoot could have been just eating a bunch of grapes or drunk as well. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I've noticed during this show is that a lot of newly reported sightings say they happened a long time ago, which I think might be a red flag. Like, oh, well, that's obviously false. But then again, if you're going to lie about a sighting, why wouldn't you lie and say it just happened yesterday instead well, maybe, of 2007? You have to look at it both ways. We've had this discussion many a times. People sometimes are scared yeah. to come out and say it. Exactly. But now that it's more acceptable, people are saying it now. Yeah. So which would direct us into maybe people are being truthful, but they're just nervous to talk about it. Or maybe they're just bored. Or maybe they're just bored. And they need a little attention. With the rise of social media, m- more people are bored these days, I think. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, I watched a video that was was the audio of a story that this cop had written up or his report. So it was around Labor Day in 2007. And he said as a cop, quote, things catch your eye that other people don't notice, end quote. Which I think if you're trained to observe or whatever, maybe. I can see that, yeah. Yeah. The the only reason why I included this one is because if it actually is a cop who was making this report, it just seemed they had good, I don't know, logic maybe. I'll keep going. The cop was driving at night, reporting to a call on some ranch or some farm out yonder, which he said are typical in that area. And he saw someone rustling around a ravine up the road. Now, one thing I thought was funny is that this cop said that they get a lot of people hiding on the sides of roads because they're walking. Well, again, keep in mind, this is 2007 before it was legalized. They would be walking in the woods toward their private or hidden jazz lettuce growing operations. Mm. You know what I mean when I say jazz lettuce? Yes. 
Wacky tabacky. Yeah, bebop dust. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he thought it was someone who was just being being a real weed head. So he slammed on his brakes and reversed back up to it. When he got there, he used this little spotlight thing they have on their cars to shine it into the woods. And he said, slowly, something stood up. It was about six to seven foot tall and walked away. He did not see its face. But he saw it for only like four to five seconds. And it just walked down the ravine because it knew that obviously it was being watched. What if it was just some guy out there practicing his stilt work, you know? Well, I mean, that's a possibility. He's like, oh, man, I thought I could come out here, practice my stilts. And here we go. We got the popos coming up. Well, this must have been a well, depending on what like level of stilt work this person was doing. Yeah. Because if they were six or seven foot tall, if the person was around five foot, maybe they just they, they were practicing on like one to two foot high stilts. Yeah. But if it was like a younger person getting into the stilt walking world or the SWW is what I call it. Yeah. Uh, say they were like 11 years old. They're much shorter than five foot. So right. they might have been on higher stilts. Yeah. So either way, this is, I think this is plausible. Just as plausible as believing in Bigfoot, perhaps. Okay. Maybe so. But he said uh, he has two vivid memories of the sighting. One is that there was grass and leaves uh, in its fur that was all matted on its back. And he said it used its arms pretty deliberately to like move branches out of the way, but it did it really slowly and I guess like it had done it many times before, like not swatting and crouching, but just like knowing exactly how to swipe branches out of its face or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess he thought that was interesting about the sighting. He didn't tell anybody about it because he thought it would ruin his career. He said it would lead to a, quote, long and embarrassing career, end quote, because he'd be afraid that all of his cop buddies would just make fun of him all the time. Right. The peeps at the station would be like, oh, here comes Bigfoot Ben. <laughs> He's like, well, my my name's Bill. I don't know why you guys, got, why you guys <laughs> can't call me Bigfoot call me Bill. Bill. I don't all know why his, I... like, all the food that they make, because sometimes they make food at the station, like uh-huh. his would be all Bigfoot related. So, like, what would that be? Three foods that are Bigfoot related? Um, a part of a rabbit okay um, <laughs> what now why that one because you eat animals in the forest i mean oh okay you know cycle of life um maybe like someone's leftover hot dog that okay. they threw away sure because <laughs> you know well i think that's not real because nobody throws away a perfectly good hot dog no. um maybe like some mountain dew someone just couldn't finish the dew okay and these are bigfoot foods Sure. Let's just continue. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. He also said another quote. I almost called one of the fish and game officers out here, but they know too many of my friends. End quote. So Mm. to me, it seems like this officer wanted to report the sighting, but was embarrassed about being ridiculed by his work buddies. Right. Like our point saying before, you know, back then it wasn't as accepted as maybe it would be today. So I guess the only reason why I really bring that one in is because that officer maybe showed signs of like being strategic in a way where he wouldn't want to report the sighting because people wouldn't believe him, but he knows what he saw. And he said multiple times in the interview or in the report rather that this sounds so stereotypical, but I know what I saw. I wasn't believing what I was seeing, etc. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he saw something. Maybe it was a guy practicing his stilt routine. I'm going to go with the latter on that one. Okay. All right, fine. That's fine. Okay, so the next piece of breaking booze that I have, it is also about Bigfoot, but just wait a minute. Just hold on. Don't leave the room. Lindsay's getting up and leaving the room. Don't leave. <laughs> I'm still here, but... <laughs> this one is about Bigfoot and something that you and I both enjoy. 
Okay. Can you guess what it is on Earth? Just anything uh, that we like? Bubble tea, um, Stardew Valley. Candy. Yeah, we like candy. I love candy. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm not like a huge candy person. Well, I like, well, I guess not like little sweetie little treats, but like chocolate. <laughs> and I do really like uh, licorice. Not the gross kind, but like the like oh. Australian licorice or whatever it is. Okay. If it's actually even Australian. Probably not. No. But I I came across this one a few weeks ago, but I wanted to, well, we, we didn't have time to do it because we were going on vacation and then we had the voicemail episode. So I've been saving this one. I'm excited about it. Okay. The headline reads, North Carolina woman claims candy loving Bigfoot visits her frequently. Oh, does he come take her candy all the time? Takes her candy. Well, why is she keeping candy outside? She lures him with the candy. Well, like, Why? <laughs> Shelby resident Vicki Cook says she wasn't sure about what she saw at first. Quote, I said, this can't be real. I didn't know what it was. She explained on the, there's a website called Bigfoot 911. And she, when she reported the sighting to Bigfoot 911, the site had 11,000 members. She says that the sightings began back in March when she noticed a few footprints on her property, which she showed to a news interview that came out there, WCNC TV. So the news was at her house, the local they, news station. Do they have any footage? There's a picture of her just like pointing to her yard. I'm sure there's more footage online, but it really wasn't about the Bigfoot sighting. It was about that she was luring a Bigfoot with candy. Right. And well, I think it's probably a bear. Yeah. She's well, probably luring a bear, if anything. She might have. Or a bunch of raccoons stacked on top of each other, <laughs> making a Bigfoot. That just want her candy? Yeah. And they're like leaving little notes like, maybe try trash next time. <laughs> have any old corn? Well, because raccoons are like actually pretty smart and they can use their little hands to open doors and stuff. So they like 40 of them constructed to be like a Bigfoot. And then they're like, well, they'll accept us more if we look like a Bigfoot. So we'll make ourselves a Bigfoot and we'll go take the candy. And then we get candy every night. Candy time. <laughs> candy time. Hey, you know what time? And, and they all look at their watches while they're hanging out in the tree. Oop. Candy time. You know what time it is? Bigfoot candy time. So I always thought raccoons were cute, but when I saw them like doing, like just moving their cute little hands around, yeah, they exponentially higher on the cute list. Yeah, they have cute little hands. They Did you really see the cute. video where the raccoon tries to, because they have to wash their food. Oh, yeah. And it's really heartbreaking because somebody gives him cotton candy and he puts it in the water and it oh, keeps yeah. going away. <laughs> Poor little guy. Yeah, I did. Now, okay. that's that's a fun trick if you ever want to trick your, 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 your local. Well, I was going to say <laughs> your local raccoon, but also your kid. Magic for kids or ghosts. That might actually be a really good teaching tool for object permanence. And like a metaphor, like nothing, nothing nice can last. Look at that. And then just like really. <laughs> you didn't have to make it sad. Well, I mean, think about it. We're talking about raccoons, cotton candy, and you made it sad. Okay. Speaking of candy. Yeah. I was thinking, okay, so I don't know if I really mentioned it. I think I did. There was a Bigfoot coming in this woman's yard and then she started laying candy out. The candy was gone. Bigfoot was taking the, the, the candy treats. Right. Because it couldn't have been anybody else. No, couldn't have been her her neighbor Tyler who's wanted to open up a jelly belly factory for a long time and he's like oh I just won't be able to happen oh but my neighbor leaves candy out for me that's fun you know just I mean that's just her neighbor Tyler so I googled do animals like sugar yeah okay what do you think I would think yeah well not all of them well yeah not all of them are gonna like sugar I mean some of them only like to eat bamboo leaves well, but that might be because it's the, just sugar hasn't been introduced to panda bears. But here's the thing. Some animals literally cannot taste sugar, which made me sad. Hmm. 
Cats cannot taste sugar, so it's of no value to them. Dogs can taste sugar, and they do like sweet things, but dogs particularly, part is that how you say it? Particularly yeah. enjoy chocolate, but they can't have it. It's bad. Um, right. But carnivores do enjoy sweet things, and they do enjoy sugar. So, could be a Bigfoot, because mammals like sugar. Well, certain mammals like sugar, but or not cats. 40 raccoons. Or 40 raccoons. Uh, I have a little bit more information about animals and sugar. Okay. <laughs> uh, dolphins, cats, and other carnivores cannot taste sweets. Most mammals, humans included, have taste receptors that can detect sweets, salty, or that can detect sweet, salty, sour, bitter, and savory flavors. But the bottlenose dolphin has lost its ability to taste sugars. Now that's sad. What made them lose that? You know, I didn't read into it. They just don't get lollipops anymore. <laughs> they don't get lollipops they anymore. They used to back in the 20s. Now they don't anymore. Uh-huh. And they mm. evolved to no longer enjoy sugary treats. Mm. It's very sad. So then I Googled, okay, do monkeys like sugar? Or apes, do they like sugary treats? Right. And there is someone at Yale did a study on if gorillas like sugar. And I thought that was fun. And also, what a fun experiment. Uh, give gorillas a bunch of Laffy Taffies and see if they give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Well, aren't they pretty human-like? Wouldn't they enjoy it as well? Extremely, yeah. So I thought, okay, well then maybe there's a direct correlation between gorillas and Bigfoot. Here's a little snippet from the Extremely Smart Yale study. Specifically, we examine which primates are likely to be sweet tasters of a protein called brazian a protein found in the fruit of the african plant something 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 uh that's very long and i'm not going to try it you know what i'll try it because maybe it'll make for good audio the scientific name of the plant is pentadiplandra brazianathat oh the good old brazianathat the good old brazianathat mm. which to humans when tasted is extremely sweet but it provides very little energy Quote, sweet proteins like brazian are thought to mimic the taste of sugars to entice animals to eat them, and in doing so, they disperse the seeds of sweet things. So a lot of animals, or a lot of plants, will trick animals into spreading their seed all over the place. Okay. So that's just a little bit of science uh, <laughs> for all of us. Now, with that in mind, I wanted to know what food you would lay out, or and what food you would not lay out to entice a Bigfoot into your yard. Probably anything I'm not going to eat because it's just going to rot. You would lay that out to entice the Bigfoot? Because, uh, I don't know, maybe something that raccoons like because it's probably just a raccoon. Okay, so what would that be? I don't know, leftover ham or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like the like type of... Like, like the, a uh, whole honey-baked ham? Yeah, I was going to say honey-baked ham. Maybe. Uh, I've never been a fan of that honey-baked ham. No, me either. It's just... Too I don't know, sweet. It's, yeah, gross. it's too sweet. Now, what food do you feel like would not entice a Bigfoot into your yard? Kale. That's a really, those are two really good answers. Yeah, you know any animal's going to come get a honey-baked ham, but yeah. like a thing of kale? No. Yeah, they, they, they might pass on it because it doesn't smell really good. A green smoothie. Yeah, ew. That everybody drinks? I mean, I would want to drink one, sure, but there's not really much enticing about it except for, oh, as soon as I drink this, I'll be super healthy for the rest of my life. <laughs> Do you ever think that when you're going to go drink one of those green drinks? Like, no, because oh, I don't I... drink those green drinks. I think they're disgusting. Oh, okay. I don't want spinach in a drink. Sure. I like spinach. <laughs> so do I. Don't want to drink it. Okay. Well, <laughs> kind of learned a lot about what you like to drink. 
today on this episode unintentionally. Okay. And about how cute raccoons are. They're very cute. They are. Well, that's all I have, Lance. Nice. Just two pieces of breaking booze, maybe a cop or a cop who maybe saw Bigfoot that I thought was kind of legitimate, and feeding Bigfoot's candy treats, sweet candy. Right. Did yeah. it say what kind of candy she had? No. Just any kind of candy. Just candy she had laying around. Okay. Yeah, I guess like what candy do people typically have in their homes? Werther's? Maybe <laughs> peanut M&M's? Well, how old is this lady? She looked to be about 40 or 50. Okay, so she's too young for those buttermint things. Oh, yeah. Those pastel candies. Um, do you think 40... Too young for butterscotches, but oh. Werther's are not out of the question. Because Werther's does have some other like fun flavors. Jolly Ranchers? People keep those? Maybe. M&M's. You know, I don't like Jolly Ranchers. They're okay. Yeah, I'd rather not. They're my not. favorite. M&M's are good. M&M's are great. Yeah, M&M's are very good. Those pretzels with the peanut butter in them? Those are great. You love those. Oh, I sure do. <laughs> Maybe, the, well, are those considered a candy or is that just a snack? That's a really good point. I don't know. Maybe I I'll know. I'll send a message to our buddies over at the Rude Cooking School podcast and see if pretzels filled with peanut butter, are those candy? Is that candy or snack? Because if you replace a pretzel with chocolate, candy. Or it could still be a snack. Or it could still be a snack. So what constitutes as something not being candy? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not an expert on it. Well, uh, why don't we go to the Haunted Housekeeping Zone? And then while that's playing live, you and I can go eat a bunch of candy and lay some outside of our house and we'll come back. And see if we have a bunch of big feet out there. Yeah. Well, why don't we, let's lay a bunch of candy all over uh, our computers and then maybe we'll have Bigfoot or raccoons in our office. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll see everyone in the Haunted Housekeeping Zone in three, two, one. Our show, the one you're listening to right now, is a proud member of the Scavengers Network podcast, Special Buddies, and Special Friends. The Scavengers Network was started by our big, beautiful boss, baby boy, benevolent brisket boy, Colin Parker. You can also check out all the wonderful podcasts on there, including ours. And they also have a merchandise store that you can buy your spooky gear or any other gear from the podcast on the network. Um, we also have a Patreon. You can donate $1 to a million. <laughs> and with that money, we can do a lot of cool stuff. We personally would like to do do more investigations, do more interviewing, anything to be entertaining. Yeah, I mean, we'll even ju- we'll we'll even learn how to juggle fire if you give us enough money. As long as we can entertain y'all and essentially be your puppets, we'll do it. So you can check everybody out on the scavengersnetwork.com. Check it out. Search around. And you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash the scavengers network. And if you like our show and you like some other shows on the network, why not be a member and help us keep the lights on and also help us keep the words coming out of our mouths. And we thrive on positive reviews and feedback. So if you have anything nice to say, please do. We love it. The best format for that is going to iTunes and rating and reviewing the show and also sharing our show with your friends. And if you have any questions at all about murder, (laughs) Bigfoot, cryptids, ghosts, anything we've talked about, anything you'd like us to talk about, please feel free and call our brand new state-of-the-art hotline at 803-816-BOOZE. That's 803-816-2667. You can call any time of day, any time of night. You don't even have to be a real person. You could be a ghost if you want. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, see ya. Bye. W-I-D-K Do you 
wish listening to the radio sucked even more? Join Fishstick. Neil deGrasse Tyson. If I was going to get in a fight and I had to pick one astrophysicist to be on my side. <laughs> Lulu. In the beginning, there was milk. And it came out of a cow or whatever. This is right. a completely accurate representation of the history of milk, by the way. The Professor. I think it'd be pretty psychologically damaging to have to fight two building-sized babies. And mulch. I don't want a body like John Cena because that just <laughs> seems like a lot of extra spaces to have to clean. <laughs> like, there's a reason he's completely shaved. It's I Don't Know Radio, part of the Scavengers Network and Podcast NH. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and unfortunately, everywhere else. Welcome back, spooky listeners. And Jordan. Hey. Hi. Hi, Lindsay. <laughs> um, so I'll just jump right into it, I guess. Well, well, wait. What if I had? What if I wanted to ask you some stuff? Like what? What's up? What's up? Oh, not much. Okay. Just uh, reading about some spooky things, you know. Well, I had another question for you um, that I forget. Uh, what's you been? You been good? Yeah. All right. That's all I had to say. Really. Cool. Glad we got to catch up. <laughs> well, this week I want to talk a little, it's kind of more of like a debate, I guess, but ah. I just kind of read a little bit about it and also investigated just kind of a really cute experiment that someone did about the topic. Okay. Okay. So this week's topic that I want to talk about is usually people say that little kids experience seeing a ghost or there's a monster under their bed sure. or anything crazy like that. And I feel like everybody's had that experience. Never. You've, nope, not me. Never? You've never woken up when you were little and no. thought there was a monster? No, because I just like don't give a crap and I'm like really strong emotionally, physically. Um, yeah, it's just I'm just impervious to most emotions other than like whatever, dude. Okay, well, then maybe I'll just talk to my listeners about this topic. So, just, just kidding, yes. Okay, so, I mean, I know I did when I was little. Mm-hmm, same 100%. here. 100%. Well, you always have the parent that tells you they aren't real. Mm-hmm. And this person researched why you should never tell your children that they're, what they're seeing is not real. Okay. Even this if is... it is a scary thing. This is really interesting. So I was a little skeptic at first, and I was like, why would you just let your child be scared? Yeah, it's making more work for you. Your child's scared. Like I saw I saw a half goat, half lizard in my closet. Well, you might have. Well, I guess you can decide if you should tell your children that they're not real or if you should kind of let them believe. This person says that you should really let them experience and believe in what they think. Because when a child is telling you about a traumatizing experience, they're scared and not giving them your full attention could really kind of hurt them and make them think that you aren't fully like trusting them or anything like that. So it actually leads up to people being more secretive in their life and not sharing their experience with their parents. So it's kind of like a good thing that like, if you let them talk about it, and it's a good way too that these parents might be really like realizing that their kids seeing a monster is really a bully at school or something psychologically that is scaring them, 
But also what I found really interesting is that a child's brain is obviously way more imaginative imaginative than an adult's. Yes. I mean, they want they are growing into learning this stuff and, you know, experiencing this stuff. So you should kind of let them be creative and not necessarily bash what they're seeing. Yeah. Also, like as a society, as adults, we are so told that ghosts are not real and people try to disprove it so much that they actually could be real and we just the society norm have to say that they aren't well i guess there really is zero proof that they are real and zero proof that they are not real so we really have no way of knowing like there's there's evidence to suggest both sides but there's no definitive proof like look everyone nasa just published a thing ghosts are for sure real 1000 percent because we caught one Right. And as a child, their imagination, whether it's their imagination making up this ghost or monster or they're really seeing something, you're basically just confusing them by telling them what you see is not real, which could be really confusing and really hurtful as a child because they're like, oh, you know, now I'm really frustrated and upset because my parents don't believe that I really saw this and I really did. And then it's you would, I guess, yeah, feel a little bit more closed off because if I be vulnerable for a minute and let them know what I saw, even though I've been told they're not real, then it's embarrassing for me. I'm going to get laughed at. Yeah. I mean, they just, they're more willing to use their imagination and to express how they feel. If you let them express their ghost or their monster or anything like that. And I thought it was a really interesting way to look at it because I, you always see it in movies. You hear people talking about it. I've been told it when I was little. Ghosts aren't real. Monsters mm-hmm. aren't real. Because it's a quick answer to basically shut them down and be like, you don't have to be scared. Yeah. But actually to scare them less instead of just saying that they aren't real, if you cuddle with them and have them explain the whole story... They are more comfortable with you. They feel like they got to express their concerns. And if you stay nonchalant and pretty calm, then they'll realize that this isn't a scary situation because a lot of ghost paranormal teams, they say that there's demonic ghosts and there's also ghosts that won't harm you at all. So if they really are experiencing something, maybe if they can see ghosts, then they can understand that they're not all bad. You know, it's not a bad thing to experience that. I completely and totally agree. Yeah. I think that that's an awesome thing. Like, yeah, I like, okay, so for instance, our nephew Vigo was telling us a story about him and his dad rescued a giant boat because they were on another giant boat and they pushed the boat and all this stuff, not ghost related. But (laughs) we were like, keep telling us the story. Let's go. Because like, yeah, it would be kind of story development yeah Yeah, it's story development and it also creates creativity and whatever but like even though this wouldn't be like helping develop creativity maybe i don't don't, don't know for sure to be like well you know vigo you're three and a half and i don't think that actually happened you (laughs) you little liar well the thing is is i originally searched because i was gonna do a topic about basically is it a lot of people say it's bad to believe in paranormal stuff or it's gimmicky or it's hokey and I kind of wanted to dive into that and then when I brought up children and how their interest in scary movies and ghost stories and all that stuff is it kind of is like well why would we stop their imagination or if they're actually experiencing something just because it's a society norm to say Mm -hmm. no it isn't it also cuts off communication and that's the second part of my topic one thing that I'll say that I 
this makes me happy is that there have been multiple episodes of the Ghost Adventures where they will interview kids who say that they've had experiences as well. And real or fake, mm-hmm. someone's talking to them and someone's paying attention to them. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that the paranormal world is a big advocator for opening communication with your kids. Oh, for sure. Because it's a fun thing that, you know, they can experience and talk to you about and you can have their full attention. Mm-hmm. But so this guy did an experiment to kind of, I didn't write down his name. I can't remember. But he basically showed. Wasn't it Chick Moranis? It was Chick Moranis. And he showed, he asked a group of 20 kids that okay. were told in their life that ghosts are not real. Monsters are not real. That's all made up and it's ridiculous. And then there was 20 kids that their parents let them express themselves and talk about their experiences and their dreams and their monsters. And he asked them the same question. Do you believe in ghosts? Mm -hmm. The first 20 kids that were told they aren't real, they all laughed. They all said not real. That's stupid. That's silly. They were kind of angry. A lot of them got frustrated because he kept asking, do you believe in ghosts? Anybody believe in ghosts? And they lost interest. They didn't care. They didn't want anything to do with it. When he asked the second group, do you believe in ghosts? All their questions, although really, this is the cute, really funny part of my segment. Yay, here we go. But it was totally open for conversation. They asked questions like, instead of saying yes or no, they asked questions like, if there's thunder and loads of rain, does a ghost get wet? (laughs) Can it get hit by lightning? Probably. Does a strong wind blow it away? Yes. (laughs) Are there human ghosts underwater? Yes. Also, really good question. Do monkeys have ghosts? Also a very good question. Do birds have ghosts? Another good one. Do birds get wet or blow away in the wind? (laughs) Uh, Yes, probably. Yeah. Do cows have ghosts? Uh Uh-huh. Do Could you have a cow ghost underwater? Probably. Do fish have ghosts? No. Why do we see fish ghosts on dry land? Because it's a it's complicated. <laughs> Can ghosts go on holiday? Yes. If a fish died in a fishbowl, this is a good one. If a fish dies in a fishbowl and then the bowl is removed, does the fish ghost haunt the area where the fishbowl was or does he go somewhere else where there isn't water? He haunts that fishbowl. So it's like <laughs> if you've ever bought an object from a Goodwill that you're like, I bought this dresser and now my house feels weird. Same thing with the fishbowl attachment. Yeah. Can you spray paint a ghost to catch uh, it? Uh, well, you know what? It's that's that's an investigation technique that many people haven't tried, but we can try it <laughs> if we get more money in our Patreon. If you spray a ghost with stinky perfume, will it smell? Yes. <laughs> what happens to two ghosts if they try to run into each other? They create a very tall and very powerful ghost that looks like Rick Moranis. And the last one was, if you blow dry a ghost, does it get fluffy? Yeah. <laughs> It sure does. But his basic, his point was... Those are adorable. They're so cute. And his point was basically because of the spooky or the paranormal or the monster or the cryptid world or everything that we talk about, if you're told it's not true, I just, I guess... It really opens, I mean, it opens a form of communication on our show Mm -hmm. because that's what we talk about and that's what people listen for us to talk about is spooky things. And it just proves that that world can mean actually so much more than just some hokey, silly thing. I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting and I thought it was a cool experiment that he did with, you know, opening that form of communication with just 
paranormal stuff. I agree. And like, that's one of the reasons why I love the paranormal world or anything adjacent to it so much is because like, yeah, certain things I'm sure are not real, but there's a lot of stuff that's open to interpretation or open for debate still. And it's also like at the end of the day, it's we've, we've said it on our show a few times. It's fun to think about it. Absolutely. It's like, I know that I believe in Bigfoot 1% more than you do, but that whole universe is just, it's, why not think about it? It's interesting to think about. It's fun to think about. And it's also fun to like talk about ghosts and it's fun to, well, obviously, according to the, the study that you just talked to us about, it's important for development and creativity. Right. And that's the thing. And it so many people have said that it's opened also just so many forms of communication, whether it's them being able to sleep at night or if they have a bully at school that they don't know how to express their frustrations, but they can tell it through a story. Or, I mean, honestly, even getting into when they're a little bit older and experiencing death and understanding it. And sure, I don't know. It just, it seemed like just such a good point because like I said at first, I read it and I'm like, I don't think you should tell your kids that it's okay to believe in a monster and like, oh yeah, tell me about your monster. Because it's like, I don't want your kid to be a liar when he grows up. But at the same time, (laughs) after I read all this, I was like, wow, it really can be super beneficial. Oh yeah. Now it would start to be not so beneficial if when you were applying for jobs and you're like, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. (laughs) Well, I can see monsters and I have a friend that's a monster that has a a crab body, but nine heads of bumblebees (laughs) on the top of it. And it shoots lasers, but it's really good at cross stitching. Uh, Other than that, I'm pretty run of the mill type of guy. Like to watch sports. (laughs) Like, that's where it might, you know, become an issue down the road. Right. But, I mean, when you're little and you grow up, hopefully those aren't the things. Or maybe the guy interviewing you is like, oh, this guy's really funny, but he doesn't realize you're being serious. And then he's like, I'd hire him. He's funny. Yeah. But that's it. That's my topic. I just thought it was kind of interesting. I mean, not super spooky, but I thought it was a really cool justification of why it's important to kind of believe in these spooky paranormal things. I agree. And yeah, I mean, like not not every single thing on our show is extremely spooky, but it all relates to I think it all exists in the same universe that yeah. we've that we've uh, cultivated. And I think it's pertinent. And I think that that was that was probably one of the smartest things we've ever talked about on our show. <laughs> Uh Well, I tried to keep it kind of cute and funny with the questions. Yeah, don't expect if you ever had a bar for our show where you're like, how smart is it going to get? Episode 81. That's that's (laughs) as smart as we get. Well, I did say that really long name of a plant. But that was oh, me yeah, just reading. Did. I was just reading a word. Okay. That's probably, I don't really know. I was trying to think of like the, the, the smartest thing that I know and I can't think of anything. Well, I think we have time to do a cold hotline. I know we do. Did you say, a, what, what did you say it was? A cold hotline. <laughs> oh, wait, what is it? Ghostly Gabbers. Ghostly Gabber. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the the second installment of Ghostly Gabbers. And this week we have a message from our friend Fish Stick from Scavengers Network show, I Don't Know Radio. And I guess 
he got some cell phone service, uh, or no, I think he's using a landline from the basement that they were trapped in. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you listen to their recent episode, they were uh, trapped and killed in the basement. Yeah, I hope they're okay. Well, I mean, he's not dead yet because he called us. I like how oh, he, that's I true. like to think that his one phone call that he had before he died in the basement <laughs> was the spooky spouse's hotline, and that yeah. makes me very happy. Thanks, yeah, Mason. Me too. Fish uh, stick. Yeah, sorry. Oops. Thanks, fish stick. Uh, okay, here's the message right now. You ready, Lens? Yes. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Lindsay. It's Fish Stick from I don't know radio, uh, calling you from the basement. And uh, I have I have two questions because. One of them is something I've been thinking about for a long time. The other one's a more recent thing. The first question is, in all those like ghost hunting shows, right, they capture EVPs because ghosts talk in the noise or whatever, but you can only hear ghosts on digital recorders. So does that make ghosts like the OG podcasters? OG being original ghoul, of course. And then secondly, and more pressing, um, for no particular reason at all, I've been thinking a lot about haunted furniture, and I wanted to know what you guys think would be the best kind of furniture to be haunted or the worst kind of furniture to be haunted. Actually, the best and the worst. As in which, if you were to haunt a piece of furniture, what do you guys think you'd want to haunt? And or if you were to own a piece of haunted furniture, what would you not want it to be? Uh, yeah, thank you. I'm looking forward to listening. Okay, so first things first, why don't we tackle the ghosts being the original ghoul or original gangster podcasters? Where do you land on this? I mean, they don't actively want to record, though. <laughs> they just get caught in it. Wouldn't that be so funny if like you're, okay, so we're we're talking about, well, Ghost Hunters is coming back. So we're, we're watching the first episode of the new Ghost Hunters and they're investigating someplace and the, um, the, the docent is like, okay, well, we actually like between two and four every Saturday, we kind of hear all these footsteps walking to one room and then the chairs from a table slide out and then slide in. Then we hear murmuring around this table and then all the chairs except for one leave. So it seems like there's a lot of activity in this one room for two hours. Yeah. So maybe they're recording, recording. their show. Yeah. Right. I I don't know. I feel like it's a hard one because, yeah, I get where you're coming from. It's, you know, they talk in through the mics. Mm -hmm. I don't think their podcast would do very well, though, because, like, they just say one word and then, like, a couple words. It would be very efficient, like a very efficient show if they can only muster up the energy to have, like, a single sentence podcast once a week. <laughs> it would be a really effective and a really efficient podcast. If they say like four sentences, they're good for the year. Oh, yeah. That's like Nobel Prize worthy podcasting if you're a ghost. Well, what about the furniture, though? He's, you know, normal, you know, normal people things. He's thinking about haunted furniture. You know, we think yeah. about that a lot. Well, really quick, I do want to say if we get enough money in our Patreon, Lindsay and I will go and collect EVPs from all around the world and create the first ever podcast with all ghost talk. Okay. Would we line them up into the, like so they make sense? It would be like, I went to the grocery store and I bought milk. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe we Satan would- Satan milk. I bought Satan milk. <laughs> maybe they would, well, we can figure out the logistics soon. Okay. Um, Because we're not even going to think about it unless we get enough in our Patreon. So I don't know what to tell you. Right. Um, Okay. So haunted furniture. Yes, I think haunted furniture is real. The best piece of haunted furniture or the worst piece of haunted furniture? Well, do you consider dolls a 
piece of furniture. That's uh, a toy. It's kind of a toy. They act like furniture in that they just sit there and they never move. But then again, you can't like take a nap in a haunted doll or on mm-hmm. a haunted doll. So would I don't a, think so. Would a fireplace be considered a piece of furniture? Uh, I mean, maybe so, because you kind of like a lot of furniture doubles as decoration, but then it yeah. also serves a purpose. Because I just say fireplace because fireplace is creepy because you have like, or even For best like, or worst? For scary. Oh, okay. For scary a, piece a, furniture. A bad one. Yeah. Because like, or like a furnace, because like Ugh. furnaces are always creepy and you got like, you know, what, uh, Freddy Krueger, there was like the furnace thing. I Wasn't there the like in Home Alone too, the furnace the would like furnace. squeak and squeal? Like furnaces could be pretty scary. I think for me, the, the piece of furniture that I would want to have that would be haunted would be a sink because maybe you put the dishes in it and then you're like, oh, overnight all your dishes get cleaned. That oh, would so be you fine. have like a good haunting, not a scary haunting. Well, that was my good one, but then there's oh. also the bad one. Doors are pretty scary because they can creak and close. Cabinets, you never know what's inside, you know? Yeah, that's true. It could be a scary spooky in there, or there could be a nice little fun thing in there. Like Some what? candy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I was honestly going to say like, uh, like one of those... Milka chocolate bars or like a Ritter Sport. Well, going back to Freddy Krueger, a waterbed could be scary because Johnny Depp got eaten. Yeah, that's true. And then all his blood shot out of it. Yeah. Out of a hole that came out of the waterbed. Man. And he's still acting, which is like... I know. I don't know how he survived that. That's weird. Yeah. He was a young boy. Well, Nightmare on Elm Street was one of my favorite documentaries. Um, (laughs) Okay. So say you and I went furniture shopping Mm -hmm. together. Let's land on it. What piece of furniture, if we were to buy two pieces of furniture, which one would we not mind that it was haunted and which one would we be really bummed out that it was haunted? Um, Let's do the bummed out one first. If we came home, we're like, oh, this new fill in the blank we bought was haunted. This stinks. Our couch. You would not want a haunted couch. No, because we spent a lot of time on the couch. Yeah. And I feel like if it was, if it wanted to be a prankster haunting, then it would be annoying. Almost like Cherry from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, that chair is scary. There are so many puppets in that show or so many pieces of furniture in that show. Hey, speaking of haunted furniture, Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> there's a there's a, there, there's a chest he opens up and a man's head is inside. Yeah, that's true. Pee Wee's Playhouse is scary. Pee Wee's really Playhouse is full of nasty, brightly colored haunted furniture. Okay, going back to like my topic a little bit, you wonder why kids are scared to go to bed because like we grew up on Pee Wee's Playhouse. And Ren and Stimpy, which <laughs> is also just really a lot to deal with. I guess. I don't know. I think so you I would, think a haunted table would be fine. Yeah, what like, is it going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah, move, shake around a little bit. A bookshelf. You know, okay. you're not my books over. Oh, big whoop. Oh. That's what I say whenever I walk past a piece of haunted furniture. I go, oh, big deal. You knocked over all my Harry Potters. Cool. Real original. I don't even own Harry Potters. <laughs> I um, already read them all. Yeah, I guess like the the best piece of haunted furniture might just be the piece of fur- the, the, like a piece of furniture that you kind of just wouldn't care if it was haunted or not. Yeah, like we have a table just sitting in our basement that no one even cares about. Yeah, haunt that. Yeah. There's cans of paint on it. Haunt that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's also an old rug downstairs. Haunt the rug. I don't care. Oh, yeah. Haunted rug. What are you going to do? As long as you're not using it. I guess if you're not using anything. Yeah, that's true. Um, So what piece of furniture would you be if you were a haunted piece of oh, furniture? If I could haunt a piece of furniture? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe an aquarium. So the actual aquarium. The entire aquarium. Like a place or like an actual just tank? Just a tank would be fine. Would you could- haunt the people or the things in it? 
Maybe. I mean, I could maybe like scare them a little bit. Splash but Splash your water around? Yeah, you splash the water around, but it would just be cool. <laughs> especially, I would want to haunt like like a white collar person's aquarium where they maybe have like, they're like, this is my hobby now. I'm kind of an aquarium guy where they invest too much money in the aquarium. There's like really fancy fish and stuff. I could just hang out and it'd be really peaceful. Just wash the fish. Watch, not wash, but watch. Mm. What about you? What, what piece of furniture would you haunt? <sighs> I don't know. I was kind of thinking of a shower because of like psycho where it could be creepy to already go in the shower. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, well, then I got a bunch of dirty people. Well, and then you have a lot of responsibility time. as a ghost. Yeah. Like I still have to be a shower. Yeah. Like for me, I could just hang out and watch the fish. Yeah, true. Which is really pretty. I don't know. Like maybe I'd be a cabinet and then I would just like kick it most of the time. But then when you like open the cabinet, I would like mess with your stuff. Oh, that'd be all right. I can scare you. Maybe you could like trick the family like you at like you're you're really active and stuff. And then they're like, oh, maybe it's just this part of the house. It doesn't like being. So they keep moving you in different parts of the house. Then as soon as you get to the part of the house that you like the most, you, you, you know, kind of cool it on your activities. You're like, at least I have a nice view or something. Maybe one of those like lawn chairs. You know how lawn chairs like sometimes you sit into them and they fold up. Yeah. Like I would just always fold up. That'd be funny. Or like your car seat in your car. Yeah. Like I would just like scoot all the way back and then you like might die in an accident and I'd be like, haha, funny. Oh, that's a that's a lot to deal with. Yeah, maybe I don't want to do that. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'll stick with the cabinet. <laughs> I think, you know, compared to all of them, the car or the cabinet, I think the cabinet's a great idea. Well, you could just be a haunted car, but that's not a piece of furniture. No. And it's also that Stephen King book. What's Christine. it called? I was going to say Clarice, but that's Sounds no. of the Lambs. <laughs> yeah. It's Christine. Okay, so you're you're sticking with cabinet. I'll stick with a cabinet. I'll be a haunted cabinet. Okay, and fish stick. I will be a haunted aquarium. Okay. Well, hey, thank you very much for your question. That was fun. That was a good one. Yeah, good question. Okay. Well, we would like to thank Eli Rexford Chambers for the music you heard or for writing the music you heard at the beginning, middle, and end of our show. You can find Eli on social media at Eli Who Does Music. And I'm sure you can also find on his social media that he has an Indiegogo going, <laughs> Indiegogo going right now for an album he's producing. Uh, so check it out if you'd like. Yeah, get it, Eli. We'd also like to thank everybody at the Scavengers Network and all the awesome podcasts on the network as well. Like I said, go check out the merchandise store there's a lot of cool stuff or go to the uh patreon and donate anything you can i mean yeah we're doing it you do it okay sure (laughs) (laughs) and if you have time or if you would like to or if you haven't yet please be sure to rate and review our show on itunes you know i'm gonna say only if you have something nice to say Because we don't need negative stuff in this world. Let's stop doing that. Let's just stop it. That's the scary thing. We would also like to thank each and every one of you for listening and spreading the word. It means a lot to us. And if there was no you, is that how you say it? Without without you, there is no us. That's right. And th- <laughs> I mean, think about that one. That's a lot of responsibility to put on you guys, but I think you can handle it. I think you can deal with it. Until next Monday, have a monday where maybe or have a week where maybe you kind of see more dogs than you thought you would and you're like oh this is a nice treat but then one of them ends up to be a ghost 
oh, ghost dog week. Yeah, ghost dog week. It's like shark week, but ghost dog. Yeah. Ghost shark week. Yeah, less blood. Ooh. Ghost sharks are really scary to think about, side note, because they're already scary. You can't really see them when you're swimming around in the ocean. Ghost sharks, yikes. And if human ghosts are capable of scratching you, just imagine what a ghost shark would be able to do. Rip off your limbs. Rip off and grip off, maybe. (laughs) Well, everybody have a spooky week. Thanks, everyone. And we will see you all next Monday. Bye-bye. Bye. Lindsay, hi. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. I like your glasses. Thank you. You're using your computer today? I'm using my computer today to compute things. Does it make you feel smarter or does it make you feel more techie? Which one? Um, yes, to both. Okay. Thank you so much. Cool. Uh, I have more questions, but I'll ask them later. Okay. Thanks. Bye. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. Hi, I'm Morgan Spatola, the host of Morgan Needs a Podcast, which is a podcast about cats. Uh, okay, Morgan, great delivery. Love the energy, but that's just, that's just not true. Can you take that line again, please? <clears throat> okay, um, I'm the host of Morgan Needs a Podcast, a podcast about the evolutionary advantages of gizzards. Morgan, what? Okay, okay, it's a podcast about... Uh, bosons and other elementary particles? A podcast about strange colored milk? It's about doing crimes for people you like. Beer. It's about beer. Cactus safety. How to properly retrieve a dropped burrito from a sewer drain. It's about, uh... All right, Morgan, we're three hours into this ad recording, and I'm starting to think that you don't actually have a podcast. I don't. That's the whole point. I'm trying to find one, and I want people to join me every month so we can figure this whole thing out together. That's why it's called Morgan Needs a Podcast. Part of the Scavengers Network, and available wherever you get your podcasts. Now I'm-